Hey there. Uh, <laughs> hope you're hunky-dory. Um, this is really almost like a new season for the podcast because I'm currently in college right now. Uh, as you may remember, I mentioned that in the last episode, um, which feels like a very long time ago. I'm also in a completely different space, so the sound may seem slightly different, you know, but it's going good. And I'll be very surprised if it's not Saturday when I upload this because it's currently Thursday for me and I am recording this here in my room. It's not exactly the most, uh, <laughs> I'm not in a booth or anything like that. Um, there's a few disclaimers I have to give here. Firstly, for the heaviness of this movie. So far, even though I've only done seven episodes, well, eight if you count this one, this is by far the most difficult movie to watch on the list, simply because it shows the physical and mental toll, anxiety, and I suppose guilt can take on a person. Uh, the second disclaimer is for the subject content of this episode. Uh, you know me, or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't know who I am, because uh, we do get a lot of newbies drifting in and out here. But I like to bring a lot of humor and lighthearted fun to relatively serious topics, because I feel like when people discuss psychology or society, the, the, the tone is just so dull and heavy. So the reason I conduct the podcast in this way is really to, just to counterbalance that, I guess. Um, and I assume that people who listen to these episodes can take a joke. And so far, we haven't really gotten into anything super nitty gritty up to this point. So while I assume that people who listen are reasonably mature and, and definitely have something of an interest in psychology, I just have to come out here and warn you just for this episode. Uh, just with this particular topic, I wanted to talk about uh, mental health awareness and about anxiety in detail because it's personal for me. And it's also very personal for a lot of people, people who deal with anxiety every day. I also briefly mentioned suicide here. So while I'm okay talking about all this, I do understand that some people might feel, um, you know, triggered by even just listening to discussions about this. So unless you're in a, a good space and unless you feel happy to continue listening, don't continue any further. Uh, I only want this podcast to be a thing of light listening. Um, I want it to be educational and I, I want, I want people to enjoy it. So I, I don't want anyone feeling bad while you're listening to me, all right? Um, I'll just try my best to remain lighthearted, but it'll be a challenge, I'd say. And also, I'm in my room right now, so you might hear, like, doors banging in the distance. That's just my lovely housemates. But uh, anyway, here's the machinist. So anybody who loves Christian Bale uh, loves him for what he does to himself to prepare for roles, uh, specifically his body shape. I must have seen nearly every movie he's been in. And he, like, he goes on these rampage diets and regimes to slim down if he needs to. Like, he, he's put on tons of weight and he's also lost half his body weight just for, like, a movie. Um, and in this movie, The Machinist, uh, he slims down to 120 pounds, which is, like, 60 kilograms. Like, that, that is really, really light for a grown man. Like, you know, um, if you Google images of him during this role... It's it's sickening, like how thin he is. It's hard to it's it's really hard to see. But in a nutshell, uh, this film is about the descent 
of a normal man who accidentally kills someone in a hit and run and has a nervous breakdown. And throughout the film, where he sort of uh, attempts to shuffle through his disjointed reality to uncover the memories of what he did, his condition gets worse and worse. Uh, he can't sleep with the anxiety. He suffers from insomnia. He stays awake for days at a time. Uh, he becomes a walking skeleton, literally. Um, he starts hallucinating. He swings between periods of dissociation and intense panic. He also starts to get paranoid and thinks that the whole world is out to get him. What makes the movie such a difficult watch is how real it feels. Like Christian Bale, phenomenal actor, and he just brings this story and the main character to life. Um, I think if you're somebody who deals with anxiety, as I do, I'm just going to get that out, uh, this movie might resonate more with you. Look, it, it, this is extreme stuff. Even if you can't fully relate to the extremes that are on display, I just found personally, you know, just watching this movie, it made me feel really, really uncomfortable. And there aren't many movies that can make me feel that way. So there you go. Because, you know, I mentioned before, the very, very first... Uh, was it the first? Yeah, it was the very, very first episode I ever did. Um, I mentioned that I was a horror movie buff. Um, and I am. So there you go. Horror movie enthusiast gets put off by a Christian Bale movie. <laughs> yes, more of that. That's humor. I hope I can keep this lighthearted tone because, honestly, like... Most people... I'd say a staggering majority, despite the influence of um, social media and, and education, I guess. Like, you know, the, the education that Instagram provides on mental health and stuff like that. Or even if you know someone who has something like anxiety or even reading about it, most people will never fully understand quite what anxiety is or what it feels like. Uh, people hear the words anxious and they think, ah, yeah, that's the, the, they're just nervous. It's a feeling everyone feels, but that's actually quite far from the case. Um, psychology textbooks will have more or less the same definition for it, and it'll, you'll hear it's you you can find this more or less word for word across every psychological textbook ever. It's feelings of tension, intrusive recurring thoughts, um, strong feelings of panic or stress. I spend a lot of time on social media and online. Uh, and the best definition of anxiety that I've come across, even though anxiety is different for everyone, the best definition that I've come across is, um, imagine leaning back in a chair, right? And then you swing too far back and you have that moment where you're thinking to yourself, oh no, I'm about to get hurt. I'm about to break my neck. Everyone's going to see, they're going to laugh. You feel that huge spike of worry and dread, you know, that tightness in your gut. Add all of that together and stretch it out for a few minutes or a few hours or a couple of days and that's what anxiety is. Um, and no joke about the hours, the minutes or you know, the days. Anxiety is just such a complex thing. And the reason I've titled this episode the way I titled it, it like it's not an exaggeration, um, was to draw attention to how serious um, th this needs to get because there's a lot of things that are wrong with how we perceive uh, mental health nowadays. We're more aware than ever, but we're also still nowhere near aware as we must be. Um, a lot of people might actually tune out at this point because, you know, you think, ah, well, sure, we have mental health weeks, we have Instagram, we have um, courses that you can take, free courses and everything. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fully in agreement with that. And I'll get to why I feel like that isn't 
beneficial. For those of you who may be new listening, um, because this podcast is growing slowly but surely, uh, like this podcast has managed to build a solid listenership, uh, <laughs> listenership from folks far away abroad, um, especially in the US. We're getting a lot of uh, Americans. The reason I'm boasting about that, well, I'm not even boasting about having listeners, but I actually have a point to make here. Ireland had this big push. Uh, people who, who are listening might actually remember this. Ireland had this massive push towards raising awareness of mental health around 2015, 2016. I remember when it happened. I was in school and suddenly mental health was the most important thing. Teachers were involved, school boards were involved. Uh, there was a big Irish celebrity. His name was Brezzy. I, I, I don't even know what he's doing now, but he, he was mad into it. He was spearheading all of this. Then after that, we had, instead of Mental Health Year, we had Mental Health Month. Uh, and to be honest, that was a huge drop in effort into raising awareness. Uh, nowadays, we have Mental Health Week. Uh, sometimes just Mental Health Day. And that just flies by almost unnoticed, if I'm being honest. Like, really... Uh, People have really tuned out. I never really felt bad about it though, you know, the, the drop in attention to mental health because social media has just taken the brunt of educating people and making people aware of mental health and mental illnesses. It's just become the center for gaining knowledge. Um, not a bad thing, not a good thing. It is what it is. But while everyone has a lot of knowledge about labels nowadays and you know, we're a far more accepting society than we've ever been, especially with people who have mental health issues. No effort was made from the get-go to actually contextualize and personify these labels, right? So what I mean is people read a list of symptoms on a piece of paper or on their phone or, or they'll hear it and they'll say, oh yeah, that those symptoms, that's anxiety. Or, oh, those symptoms, that's depression. My friend has that and I accept them. But they have no real idea of what it feels like. Neither do I, to be honest. I have no clue what it means to suffer with, you know, 99% of uh, mental health issues in the book. You know, because there's just too many out there. You can't have everything. Um, and I think a reason for that is because very little of the public eye is focused on figures who have these conditions. You know, there's no encouragement uh, given to people who have mental health issues to step forward and talk less about the label and more about how they feel, right? Not what they feel, but how they feel. There's a very important distinction to be made there. If that was done more, I, I fully believe that more attention would be brought to the number of people who suffer with an issue. Um, and I, I just wish people... Uh, would be more comfortable letting people around them know if they do have an issue. Um, not so much to have a label for their issue, but just, you know, to let them know what they're, not what they're going through, but how what they're going through is making them feel. If that, if I know it's, it's hard to sort of wrap your head around that. And I'm going to, no, they're their first door banging. But uh, interestingly, right, just looking at Ireland, uh, suicide rates have decreased on the whole, and they've been steadily decreasing um, pretty much across the board. Not for women. Women this year, I think they increased. Uh, I don't think there's going to be much insight as to why, as of right now, women are um, committing suicide more. Women have always been more likely to attempt suicide than men, but they're also 
more likely to be able to communicate with their peers and work stuff out. Like the, the, there's the old saying, girls cry, boys die. You know, girls attempt suicide more than men, but men tend to succeed more. That's a whole different conversation, but for whatever reason, female suicides rose this year. But on the whole, um, suicides decreased in Ireland. Um, my point is, while people might look at the suicide rates and feel like people are doing better than ever, the opposite case can be made by looking at a more broad set of statistics. Globally, mental health issues have skyrocketed by 13% within the last decade. So more people are suffering now than ever. And it's really hard to know what to make of that. I mean, is there really an increase in the amount of people who have mental health issues? Or has this always been the case? And the world is just more accepting nowadays and we're able to spot it easier. I, I, it's hard to know. Um, but because of this, I'm predicting bad things in the future as a result, uh, if no effort is made to educate people, not on the symptoms, because uh, I feel social media has taken that by a storm now. We all know about the symptoms and things, or of most things anyway, but very little insight is um, brought onto the feelings that people with mental health conditions go through, uh, the lifestyle changes that need to be made, the pain that comes with all of this. I believe we need to start soon and to start with anxiety simply because of how damaging it is in the long run. We all know stress kills, but anxiety is a reaction to perceived stress, but it's also a cause of real stress. So I feel if we're going to start somewhere, it might as well be uh, with anxiety. Now, as someone who has a very specific type of anxiety, social anxiety, which is the triggering of large amounts of distress and discomfort during or around social events, crowded places, anywhere where there's people, there's the symptoms, uh, which can be quite limiting, as you can imagine, because humans are a social creature. Um, but social anxiety is the other edge of the, the other edge of the double-edged sword in it. Um, I've been able to join in on lectures on this with my buddies with a small sense of dread because someone who has um, generalized anxiety, social anxiety, any form, anyone who's prone to, to panic or, or, or chronic worry almost, people like that, no, people like me, take on almost like a little scare every day. One little scare isn't so bad, right? Most of us have one or two scares, maybe on the knee. Uh, I have a scar on my knee, I also have a scar on my chin, but if you've got a little scar for every day of your life, or two scars for every day of your life, quite soon you're going to be pretty much unrecognizable and probably non-functional. That's the best way to think about what stress does to you on the long term. Stress, which is what you experience when your brain tells your body that you know, you're in danger and your body produces heaps and heaps of stress hormones. Stress in the long term has been linked to a lot of very nasty things like heart disease, very strongly linked to heart disease when you're older, high, uh, strokes, high blood pressure, muscle spasms, malnourishment, stomach pain, dehydration, ulcers. Stress can lead to depression. See, because that's why anxiety and depression are often so closely linked because over time your body just is at war with itself almost while also having to combat the pressures of life at the same time. And that leaves you in a state of emptiness almost because it can feel like there is no escape sometimes. Uh, anxiety is different for everyone, but for most people who go through it, 
uh, it will tell you that they'll tell you that when it's at its worst, it's almost like every cell in your body is telling you that you're in danger or that you're going to die or that you're going to fall ill or that there's something really, really bad about to happen. And you could be sitting on a deck chair on a beach in the Caribbean, having the time of your life and your body's telling you that you're in an incredible amount of danger, right? Stress can lead to insomnia, which is what we saw in The Machinist. Uh, he just, that could, the, I feel, uh, that whole movie was so hard to watch just because Christian Bale is, you know, such an amazing actor. And just to see what happened to him as a result of just uh, an incredible amount of anxiety. Um, and, and insomnia can lead to a heap of, uh, uh, you could write a book on all the stuff that insomnia can lead to. Issues like uh, dramatic, life-threatening weight loss or weight gain. Uh, a recent study, I was reading it, even linked insomnia to dementia. Um, for lads who have strong anxiety, uh, male pattern baldness is hyper-accelerated by anxiety and stress, which is a reality that I think I'm most dreading. <laughs> Like, I like my hair, uh, even though it's only a matter of time now. Um, I don't know, maybe when I'm a millionaire, I'll buy myself a wig or a whole new scalp or something. I don't know. But uh, just out of interest, I was talking to a friend of mine this week and I mentioned that I wanted to talk about anxiety on the podcast. And they were like, what the hell are you going to do? Like, you're going to be talking for hours about what anxiety is because it's so different um, for everyone. And like nine times out of 10, I'd agree. Um, but this idea of what people with anxiety feel is so different to how they're feeling, if that makes sense. Um, what people with anxiety feel is different, but largely how they feel is so, so similar. And the long-term outcomes of this crap basically are pretty much to be expected either way. I know it's really hard to think about it like that because it's so ingrained in us to look for symptoms and labels and just to stop there. Uh, if anyone's ever gone to counseling or to therapy, sorry, there's people here now, but if anyone's ever gone to counseling or therapy or even people who study psychology, you know that when you walk in and sit down, your therapist says, how are you feeling? Not what are you feeling? Because each question prompts uh, a different response. So someone with anxiety might say to the what question, uh, you know, what are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling symptoms that are congruent with discomfort. I'm feeling stressed out and flustered. But the how question would provide more knowledge. So for example, I'm feeling sad. There's just a huge ball of hurt right here in my stomach, or I'm feeling very on edge right now. I feel like I have to leave the room. Uh, the, the room is just too too hot for me. The, I'm feeling incredibly boxed in. My heart is racing and I don't know why. You see the difference? Uh, you're just getting more um, rich knowledge about how the person is responding to anxiety, not details on what the anxiety is, if that makes sense. If I told someone when I was anxious, and let's say I needed help and I was anxious, oh, I'm uh, experiencing typical symptoms of anxiety, I don't think anyone would really bat an eye to that. Nobody would really care. They'd probably just ignore that or something. You know, it wouldn't really land. But if I said something like, uh, this packed theater makes me feel like I'm backed up into a corner. My body is screaming at me to leave right now. I'm struggling to breathe because there's a pain in my chest. I can't focus on anything except thoughts that are telling me that I'm going to pass out and embarrass myself. 
I feel that it would provoke more of a response because people are hearing how you're feeling, not what you're feeling. People aren't machines, right? We are machinists. We, <laughs> we create things, whether it's a physical thing or a concept maybe. We also create dialogue. But I honestly feel that we've been lacking somewhat in that department for a while. It, like it's funny, but when I was coming up to college, I was um, I was feeling anxious simply because I was on a train. Like college doesn't really make me nervous, but I was it just happened to be I was on a train, and enclosed spaces with people uh, just make me feel dizzy. They make me physically sick. Like I've got a really bad flu, and all I can kind of do is just sit, you know, sit it out. Um, but my mother, who's known about this for quite a while, actually asked me for the first time, "What does?" She's like, what does it actually feel like? And she's well read up on, on mental health. Like she, she's like brilliant. But there's a difference between knowing the symptoms and knowing what they feel like. Now, this was on the train and when people are anxious, they're not always going to be able to respond with a huge amount of depth or organized thought. But I just told her a few of the things that I was feeling, not the symptoms, what I was feeling. Um, and she goes, that sounds awful. I had no idea it was that bad. And it took me a few days to remember that and to reflect on it because it made me realize that people are so concerned about being informed on on labels and symptoms that they completely forget about the reality and uh, the context of the sufferer. Like, uh, we've all fallen down and let's say we, we've all gotten a bruise at some point in our life. If you've never been bruised, well then... You've had a very pampered life. <laughs> Everyone's gotten a cut or a gash or a bump or a sprain. That kind of pain is common. We all get it. Uh, I know some people are probably wincing right now, you know, just hearing me talk about these injuries because they remember the pain. But mental pain from a specific condition is something that we can't always relate to because, look, not everyone's going to go through it. And again, the symptoms are different for everyone. Uh, if you were told today that a bruise on your thigh from years ago was going to shave a month off your life and you'd get a bruise every day, you'd be somewhere in the ballpark for the long-term effects of anxiety, just as an example. Um, anxiety and long-term stress, honestly, it's a slow killer. Um, you don't have to understand the condition or the semantics behind the label. In fact, I'd say labels are more often than not damaging because mental illness is different to physical injuries. Uh, physical injuries or physical uh, illnesses or ailments, they can be diagnosed easily simply because symptoms are just so set in stone, um, but not so much with mental illnesses because the symptoms just overlap and it's just impossible really to just think of it to think of mental illness in the same light as physical uh, physical injury let's say um, but we as humans we can empathize with others who are experiencing pain even if we've never felt that particular pain in that way before we can still empathize and i believe that labels and simply discussing symptoms rather than feelings are uh, preventing empathy and it's actually reducing awareness. As machinists by nature, I, I believe we can examine components and reflect and analyze the, the, the big picture in an instant. 
and as emotional creatures we're even able to make a decision as to how it makes us all feel when you read how damaging anxiety and stress is across years or decades you know the list goes on for books stroke heart disease you're more likely to abuse substances you get joint pain physical pain cancer good luck being able to eat or drink anything when you're panicking so throw in maybe possible future intestinal kidney issues you know not everyone with anxiety will experience these outcomes when they're they reach a certain age but they're far 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 more likely than the average person to get these things when they're older i remember a a friend of mine back in school i recently found this out um they developed anxiety at more or less the same age as i did around 15 or 16 15 for them and 16 for me and they i'm saying they because i don't want to give any hints at all as to who they are uh they were telling me that they had all these plans to bulk up and get fit and hit the gym and whatever but when they were feeling anxious or having bouts of extreme panic they were more or less disabled or prevented from doing this they couldn't eat uh they could barely drink water they were hyperventilating so definitely not able to go lift weights um they were confined to bed for long periods unable to sleep and all of this combined to at the very least prevent them from completely reaching their fitness goals because and i and i know lads who are absolute units like they need to be able to work with their body even just like females as well like to, to get getting fish and getting like in good shape is difficult you need to be able to work with your body it's a team effort you and your body got to work together but my friend was just not able to do that and a lot of the work they managed to do was just being completely undone by panic attacks and anxiety where he'd not be able to take on any calories you know not be able to exercise they might have lost calories actually because of you know panic and vomiting and all that i hate uh I hate what if questions because they're pedantic, you know, they're senseless and it's futile to ask a what if. But I do accept probabilities and the probability that they today would be in great shape and healthy and all that if they didn't develop anxiety is very very high. Uh it's sad because nobody knows the lifestyle effects of anxiety either. Um the changes you need to make sometimes to be able to function in day-to-day life or at the very least most people forget that anxiety is an umbrella label that incorporates multiple other labels like OCD, PTSD, PTSS which is post traumatic stress syndrome if you're cutting edge uh panic disorder but even that like to me that doesn't work in contextualizing anything either because it's a logical error at heart it's a it's a circular solution to a linear problem using other labels to explain another label is not effective in providing personal experience the the how factor how the person is feeling is the only way to truly understand the idea of labels and symptoms being the main importance of today's mental health discussion and promotion is very very limiting and it's 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 not resulting in a whole lot to be honest uh, it's non-constructive in the long term and more alienating actually in a roundabout way like having close friends around you 
that could lecture you almost on your condition and on its symptoms and they've read the theory and they 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 can come up with causes and they may know a lot about the biology behind it they may know about adrenaline and cortisol and dopamine and neurotransmitters having friends like that that could, that that know all about the theory and yet not be able to relate to you or know anything about the true feelings behind the condition is alienating um and this is from a personal standpoint as well but trust me i'm backed up by hundreds of millions of people around the world it feels like somewhere a step was skipped it feels like we should have started with how are you feeling rather than what will we call this or what are you feeling how are you feeling it sounds so simple and many of us including myself forgot that step along the way not maliciously like this episode isn't to bash society this isn't like a <laughs> it's not a manifesto it's just to remind people that mental disorders and i'm just taking anxiety as an example because it's something that i feel i can talk about um people don't deserve to label the, the condition that they do not understand and you cannot understand unless you ask the right questions of the right people if you're someone who knows another person with anything at all doesn't have to be anxiety i only chose it because again i know a lot about it but if someone has confided in you about what they have going on ask don't ask what are you feeling ask how they're feeling questions like how are you feeling uh how has your life been impacted how do you see yourself moving on this will actually promote a conversation rather than what are you going to do about it what are you feeling and asking for a list of symptoms rather than a list of contextualizing statements you know if you go to therapy and your therapist sits you down and the therapist says what are you feeling okay you're feeling sad you're feeling bad <laughs> you're feeling stressed that's not that's what are you going to do with that information well if they ask something like how are you feeling the person might open up with a whole lot more information than just a list of symptoms and the more information you have about a problem the higher the chances that there's going to be a solution found right um if someone has confided in you about what they have going on ask how they're feeling not once watch their feeling and then just let them talk if they want to and for anyone listening who does go through something and i know there you know there's a lot of people listening to this right now who may have something going on don't be afraid to open up to the ones you trust right don't give them labels because nobody really understands a label you know if you had something like um schizophrenia th- th- there's there's almost no point in saying oh yeah i have schizophrenia because even though they'll know the symptoms they won't understand what you're going through so give them your your feelings right tell them how you feel physically uh how you feel mentally spiritually even like if if that's your thing um i'm going to put more of an effort in myself to do this because look this is just not on at this point i'm honestly really tired of this nonsense now like 
2015 was <laughs> six years ago. You know, we, we should be leaving all of this behind. And people are just, you know, you go on TikTok, and I'm so glad I'm not on TikTok. That place is just pure poison. Um, <laughs> uh, but you, you see some, even on Instagram, because I'm on it. Okay, yeah, Instagram is poison too, but it's a poison I enjoy ingesting. <laughs> Like you go on, you go on Instagram and and you see people who are almost competing for attention. Like you know, look look at me, uh, I've got this, and they have all these like pie charts and all these like descriptions, and they put so much effort into making it funny or cool or interesting, and it's just nonsense. They're just giving a label to a bunch of symptoms that have yet to be contextualized. It's different if you're like, oh, I'm gonna teach you all about irritable bowel syndrome. And here's all the symptoms. Yeah, people can pretty much relate to, I don't know, like explosive diarrhea <laughs> or vomiting because like, a, lot, a lot of us have gone through that or even a fever. Uh, we've all had high temperatures. We, we can relate to that kind of uh, pain, but um, not, not so much with mental pain because it's just so unique. So I think we, we just need to shut up with the stupidity behind labels and symptoms and start getting feelings and sensations and context at the forefront. Because right now, mental health awareness is being pretty much not aware at all. It's almost like fumbling around the dark at this point. Um, and luckily psychology as a, as a science, and it is a science, goddammit, it's, it's really starting to change now, um, dramatically, dramatically quick, um, and it's about time. Unfortunately, for all the strides that science makes, society is often slow to catch up. I'm slow to catch up. I should have started the podcast with this. We're on episode 10, and I'm talking about how you're feeling rather than what you're feeling. I almost feel in a way that every... I've talked about toxic masculinity. Uh, I've talked about borderline personality disorder. Uh, what else have I talked about? I've talked about um, antisocial personality disorder. I've, I, I almost feel like that's been pretty much wasted. I wanted to be educational, but do, do we even understand the labels? Do we even understand the conditions that, that we talk about and that seem to be so important to us? Do we even understand the sim- We don't understand the sim- Like, you know, it, it... Oh, God, a lot of work has to be done. But if you... If, if this could just... If this could just... If 50 people could listen to this and then just, like, approach someone that they know who has confided in them, and just be like, listen, I know you told me you had this. I know you told me you were going through this. I want to know how you're feeling. And if you want to tell me how you're feeling, then then please open up. Then that would be great. Like I, that, that, That's already 50 times more than what I could ask for. Um, like I know this podcast, this episode is probably longer than previous ones and that it's very, very different and way more personal than previous episodes. But I'm in college now and I figured, hey, this is a new chapter for me. And I'm the only one involved in the podcast. It's just a little old me, other than yourselves, of course. You guys are highly involved in this. Um, it's another chapter of the podcast as well. So 
I know you've got your own chapters yourselves and that right now you're probably very busy. So I just wanted to thank you for listening. We're more or less at the end here. Um, fair play. Like, I really appreciate, you know, just knowing that people are listening to this and that it's we've reached a point now where the channel is growing and pretty steadily and from unexpected places and avenues. So I really do appreciate it. And I only hope that this becomes my most popular episode because this really does eclipse um, previous episodes, in my opinion, simply because I never thought about this. I never thought about mental health this way. I think I've just been locked into an echo chamber like so many of us and never really thought, wait a minute, how, how do people feel with these things, with these conditions, with these illnesses? And I, I, I have anxiety and it is a daily thing and I've never even thought to ask that question. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a huge effort now for, for the people I do know that do have something going on. Um, I'm, I'm gonna stop asking what what's going on and rather how is it going if, if that makes sense ask how someone's feeling not what they're feeling i only hope that i've communicated that well enough because it, it's a very um it's just so ingrained in us to think in in a, in a different way that it's sort of like turning the, the box upside down and it turns out to be a pyramid um but again that's it <laughs> mental health awareness just it needs to become aware rather than... Uh, it feels like we're looking at mental health uh, from the water. We're sort of like looking up from underneath the surface. It's about time we just sort of took that extra step and just became fully aware. Not of labels and symptoms because they're useless. They haven't done much. People are, are suffering more than ever, as I mentioned. I think it's time that we discuss how people are feeling and then combat that and then realize how difficult it is for a lot of people. So thank you. Uh, I'm done. I'm going to sign off here. I think uh, I might do a horror movie next week. <laughs> I'm in the mood for, for some fear, terror, destruction and mayhem. I might make it a spicy one, but uh, anyways, Hope the sound is good with this. Um, yeah, take care. I'll see you soon. Take it easy.